They have great identity, their national brands. You found somebody, haven't you? You wanted your force! Say it! Oklahoma State's not going to change what we do because Oklahoma chose to go to the SEC. They need to change what they do because they're the ones that made their mind up to go to the SEC. What is this? What's happening? What Robert is trying to say is that we are getting a divorce. Don't do this? No. No. I got to say, I could have called this one. No. Yeah. Is it our fault? Is it because we were bad? Please don't cry like that. Please don't. All Oklahoma had to do was not go to the SEC. So it is what it is. And in Oklahoma's case, I think they were more of what I would call uh, the reluctant bride. Financially, it's the only responsible thing to do. Uh, bottom line, we carried the league financially. Uh, us in Texas with TV money and whatnot. We accelerated Texas and OU withdrawal, which was a win-win for all parties. It's time for one last countdown and a final ride with the Big 12. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it sucked. We kicking this only. Uh, we kicking this thing off. Here we go, live from the Palace in Piedmont. It's the T-Row in the Morning Show, Top 25 Countdown, brought to you by Carter Jennings Law. Now with today's team, here's the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. Thank you, TJ. It's countdown time. Single digits today. Week four of five of the countdown. We're going all the way to number nine. Let's remind you of the teams we've had so far. The AP uh, tried to copy us yesterday. I don't know if you noticed, TJ, but a bunch of journalists got together and decided to release their own top 25. <laughs> Have an original idea, please. please. Uh, 25 was Texas Tech, who I saw Dusty Dvorak yesterday on uh, College Live or whatever that show's called on ESPN2. I was waiting for the Missouri kid announcement. Dusty was one of the hosts on that show. They were uh, taking dark horse picks for the college football playoff, and his mm. was Texas Tech. Mm, about that. Uh, Tech at 25, at 24. South Carolina was our 24th ranked team. Spencer Rattler and Shane Beamer get our 23rd ranked team, North Carolina, in week one. At 22 was Texas A&M. Arkansas came in at 21, Kentucky at 20. At 19, uh, we will be at the Grove next year. Ole Miss at 19, Quinshawn Judkins, their outstanding now sophomore running back. Texas at 18, TCU 17. Washington, TJ was just in Washington. Did you see Michael Penix Jr. while you were up there, TJ? I did not, I did not. He's probably too fast. He probably ran by you and didn't even see him. Didn't see him, yeah. Uh, Washington, 16. K-State at 15. At 14. You should have taken uh, Bronx to the Nike headquarters. You weren't too far from Oregon up there, Teach. 
little day trip down to uh, Nike yeah. while you're up we'll there? We'll see no? that when the shoe deal's signed. We can wait. That's true. That's true. Oregon came in at 14. Bo Nix under center again this year. It was These happened while you were gone, Teach, so you may just yeah, be hearing just, these for I'm the first time. I'm just now looking them over a lot. Yeah. Notre Dame with Sam Hartman transferring in to play quarterback at 13. Steve Jones, voice of the Nittany Lions, joined us to talk Penn State football. Some say it's James Franklin's best team. They're at 12. Oklahoma was at 11. Teddy Lehman joined us on Friday. Higher than most, higher than most, I think Oklahoma's got a bounce-back year. I said this while you were gone, Teach. Last year, the voice of reason on this show. We were pumping the brakes on the OU's going to win a national championship brigade last year, saying, hey, a lot of newness. It might not click in year one. This year, coming off six and seven, everybody's got OU, 1920, down the top 25. I got higher hopes. I think there's going to be a massive year to click. The defense is going to be better. I got OU at 11. Yesterday it was the USC Trojans were our number 10 ranked team on the countdown. All right, thanks, Drake. Sorry, I got your name right this no, time. TJ is back today, Coach TJ is back, which brings us to today. The number nine ranked team in the T-Row in the Morning Show Top 25 College Football Countdown is... One of the new guys in the Big 12, the Utah Utes, come in at number nine. The Trojan Killers. The two-time defending Pac-12 champions who are about to leave town. Utah, our number nine ranked team. Boy, this is a fascinating squad. Ten wins last year, including two over USC and the Pac-12 championship. They lost the Rose Bowl, but suffered a major injury, which didn't help them when Cam Rising, their outstanding now sixth-year quarterback, suffered a torn ACL in that game. And after that, Penn State kind of ran over him. But that's the big question going into this year, is the health of Cam Rising. He has been participating in limited action in fall camp for them. They have hopes that he will be a full go for their season opener, which we will talk about here in a bit, against Florida. It is the opening Thursday night of the college football season, a great matchup on that Thursday night, Utah and Florida in Salt Lake City. If you remember, they played the season opener last year in the Swamp, unbelievable game that Florida miraculously pulled out late. But the question is, will Cam Rising be ready to go for the season opener for Kyle Whittingham and the Utes? If not, they could be in trouble early in the season until he is because they've got a tough opening stretch. We'll talk about that here in a second. Offensively, if Rising is okay, they got one of the best tight ends in the country, They've got a Penn State transfer at running back, Jaquindon Jackson, who may be the guy. they they got several options, talented options at running back. Uh, It might be Jackson. It could potentially be one of the other guys as well. But what Utah hangs its hat on, they're going to be good enough offensively, especially if Rising can go. But what Utah hangs its hat on is they are the team in the Pac-12 that plays defense. 
They are tough. Kyle Whittingham and Utah is tough. And that's why USC couldn't beat them twice last year. In fact, they got smacked in the Pac-12 championship game. They play defense, and they're going to be good again this year. couple of key guys to replace from last year. Their All-American corner, Clark Phillips, went to the NFL. That position, though, is deep. Miles Battle, who transferred in from Ole Miss, one of the answers there, along with a very deep and experienced core coming back around him. They are good up front. They are good at linebacker. Uh, they are very good on the back end. All Pac-12 strong safety. Cole Bishop is back. He's a junior this year. Nate Ritchie uh, went on a mission for two years. Outstanding player. He's back this year. The defensive line, all veterans up front, all Pac-12 defensive tackle, Junior Tafuna, they will be the best defensive team in the Pac-12 by a bunch. If Cam Rising is back with this very good Utah defense, Utah, I believe, is once again the best team in the Pac-12. Here's the problem. We don't know if Cam Rising is healthy. And they've got a tough schedule. First two games, Florida at home and at Baylor. Then they've got a series of very winnable games. And then they have another two-game stretch late in the season where they play at USC and Oregon at home, back-to-back. They also have to go to Washington. So they play All of the other three main contenders in the Pac-12, two of them on the road, USC and Washington, Oregon at home, and add to that Florida and a trip to Waco to McLean Stadium to play Baylor. For a Pac-12 team, you know, we don't usually talk about Pac-12 teams having difficult schedules. Utah's got a tough one. If Utah makes it through this thing with only one loss, they're in the college football playoff. Hunt and probably in it. I don't know if they can. I'm fascinated, TJ, to see how they do. I think they're the best team in the Pac-12 if Rising plays. He's going to play at some point. But they might be 0-2 before he does. I don't know. Florida at Baylor, at USC, Oregon at Washington. It's a tough schedule for Utah. I could see him being anywhere from a college football playoff team, to a four-loss team this year. Tough to pin down. you got to put them in front of USC. They just beat them twice last year. I got Utah at nine. Too high, too low, or just right. Funny what you just said uh, a couple of minutes ago was exactly what I was thinking. Like, huh, for Pac-12, this is a difficult schedule. So I'm going to say too high because I'll be thoroughly impressed if they run this thing with one or two losses. I think it's maybe looking more like a three, and if some of these teams pan out or are better than what are expected, maybe a four or five loss schedule. So I'm going to say slightly too high, but will be very impressive if they do what you just said You know, they possibly could do and be a one-loss team. With this schedule, they would definitely be in the playoff with one loss. They would, they would be your Pac-12 champion. It would be an impressive schedule, and... Um, that would be quite the run. I yep. don't know that they're going to do that, so I'm going to say slightly too high. It, Here's it, one thing. it is a difficult run there. 
I don't blame you at all. Here's one thing that could be interesting. If rising isn't a go early in the year and they lose to Florida or they lose at Baylor mm-hmm. and then he comes back and they run the table. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they'll, they'll get a little bit of a, a pass. They'll get a little bit of a consideration with that. Sure. And there is, you know, that all depends on how many losses all the SEC teams have and who went undefeated, all that other kind of stuff. But there is a little bit of a national respect for Utah that is different, in my opinion, than some of the other Pac-12 teams because they do play defense. Right. Um, so we're going to talk to Bill Riley, not O'Reilly, Riley, play-by-play voice for Utah coming up at the top of the hour. Intrigued to ask him the latest on the status of Cam Rising. Again, he's practicing in the fall, but not full go yet at the last update I saw. Just kind of throwing balls on the side while everybody else is going full speed. That'll have a lot to do with how this team comes out of the gates. Utah at number nine. We'll be back. Do you eat, sleep, and breathe Sooner football? We do too. This is the Ref, home of Sooner fans. Bill Riley, the Utah Radio Network on the call. We're talking Utes football today as we welcome in the outstanding play-by-play voice for the University of Utah, who also has the biggest, baddest radio show in Salt Lake City, Bill Riley. Bill, good morning to you. Is this the voice of the Sooners in all of his glory on a Tuesday morning? Uh, uh, Yes and no. There is no glory to be found, but... um, but you, we have found each other. Uh, yeah, that's true. Man, what a great call. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this morning watching the highlights back with your call under them of the Pac-12 championship game last year. I, I think there were a few Sooner fans that took yep. a little uh, took a little bit of enjoyment in that game <laughs> in October in Salt Lake City and that game in early December in Las Vegas. Am I right about that? We, we have a brotherhood. We have a kinship in our <laughs> united disdain for USC. That is true. Well, just just know there were more than a few fans in the Pac-12 conference, though uh, maybe not huge Utah fans. They were on that particular evening as well um, in Las Vegas. That was that was a fun game to call. I kind of feel bad. We were, we're kind of ships in the night passing here. Mm-hmm. We're like kindred spirits. I'm I'm a future member of the Big 12, and you're an outgoing member of the Big 12. And I don't know that our paths are going to cross a year from now, Toby. I tell you what. I'll leave the garage door opener on the counter okay. for you. Okay. And okay. Um, uh, I'm going to leave the furniture in the living room so it's not completely barren when you move in. And okay, you guys are going to nice. enjoy it. What What is the uh, What is the mood? What is the feeling among Utah fans right now about the you know the major news of the last week or so? Well, Utah fans are excited. Um, you know, nobody wanted to see. 108 years of collegiate football and collegiate athletic history be erased for really no good reason. Um, Utah's only been in the Pac-12 for 12 years. They've been 12 really good years for the school, lots of championships, football in particular. But, um, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're, nobody wanted to see that conference leave, and, and, and a lot of folks, including the Utah folks, really fought hard to keep it together. But it, it just wasn't going to be possible. So when when it when it was very apparent that there was going to be nothing to save, and when Oregon Washington 
made their bolt for the Big Ten. Utah made a quick pivot, and uh, the Big 12 was a great landing spot for Utah. I mean, I, I don't need to tell you guys, it's a terrific conference. Um, it was a conference that itself was on the ropes a year ago. It's been on the ropes a few times over the last decade. But I think Brett Yormark's done a pretty good job, you know, stabilizing the ship just a little bit. And, uh, and I think Utah will be a really good member. You know, I grew up in the old Big 8 conference, Toby, having gone to the University of Kansas many years ago. So I, mm-hmm. I know the, the, the kind of the original founding members. It's a good league. And kind of told Utah fans out this way, there's going to be a lot of fun stops along the way. Now, they may not be as easy to get to as San Francisco and Phoenix and Los Angeles <laughs> and Seattle are. But once you get to Stillwater and once you get to Lubbock and once you get to, to Manhattan and Lawrence and Ames, those are really good college towns. So I think a lot of people are excited. You know, you get to, you're still in a power league. Uh, football will have a great chance to compete right away. So I think there's, there's always some buzz and excitement about the new. And there's a little bit of, you know, a little bit of sadness about what they're leaving behind. But it's not Utah's fault or really any team's fault that uh, the league's falling apart. When you look back at the schools that have positioned themselves the best over the last couple of decades, you know, TCU played it perfectly, and now they're in, and they're, they're in the, you know, the big boy club. I'm not sure anybody has played it more perfectly than Utah, going from the Mountain West to the Pac-12, and then you got to have success, and they did, and now you're attractive to move into the Big 12, and they're in they're in the big boy club. They have played this superbly. Well, they've done it twice now. They've gotten two invites, invites to the big boy club. You know, they credit to, credit to Kyle Whittingham for building, you know, because football drives the bus. The other athletics were good, but football had two undefeated seasons in a four-year span. Urban Meyer did it in 04. Kyle Whittingham was the defensive coordinator on that team. And then Kyle did it in 08, beating Alabama, going 13-0 and going undefeated and winning the Sugar Bowl. It was a year after they did that that they got the invite to the Pac-12 conference. If you don't have your house in order, it doesn't happen. And then I, I said, one of the greatest accomplishments, if not the best, of Kyle's career isn't the undefeated season, isn't back-to-back, isn't four straight championship games and back-to-back championships. Toby, he negotiated that from G5 to P5 with very little drop-off. It was a little bit of a dip for about a year and a half, but they were competitive in the Pac-12 from almost the word jump and in, in have, have been so really over the last five, six years have been the best overall team in the league. So, you know, they, they've, they've negotiated that what could be pretty daunting. It isn't always easy. Heck, look at Colorado. They were a P5 program. They got worse in the Pac-12. And I'm not sure what they're going to do with Coach Prime in the Big 12 this year and next year if he even sticks around very long. But it's it, it, it's a pretty remarkable job with Kyle Whittingham and really the whole athletic department's been able to do. What's the latest on Cam Rising status? Still working out, but not cleared for contact yet. So we're getting down to that point in time pretty soon. We're sitting 16 days out from the opener because Utah opens on that Thursday night against Florida. So we're getting pretty close to time. He hasn't had any setbacks, as far as I know, in his rehab. But he's, he's, he's doing all the team activities. He's throwing. He's doing all that. But he isn't cleared for contact. And you and I both know that's the first hurdle. You've got to get cleared for contact. And then you've got to do you know, probably a week, at least a week's worth of activity in those pads with the boys 
if you want to start a football game, especially one against Florida at home. So I would say the next three, four, five days are pretty big for him starting against Florida. He'll play. Maybe it's, maybe it's Baylor week two. The hope is still that he plays in week one against Florida. But he's got to get cleared for contact to get a little on-field time first. If not, they'll, they'll do, do it by committee. I'll, I'll tell you, they've, they've got a really, really got their best offensive line they've had in about seven or eight years. They've got the best defense. Morgan Scalley is not a guy for hyperbole. He said it might be the best defense I've ever coordinated or played with. And he played on some good ones here, and he's coordinated some good ones. So I think they'll be able to, to hold, the, hold the line for a week or so without him if they have to. But I know they'd like to have him back in the lineup sooner rather than later. It seems that, you know, the, you mentioned the offensive line, talented skill position guys. Defense has been the best in that conference for a long time, and it might be better than it's been this year. Uh, if Cam Rising's okay, is you know it looks like this could be a great run, but the start of the schedule is so tough that if he's not okay or not 100%, could be buried right out of the gates here. It's, it's so pivotal, it seems to me, that, that he's ready to go. What's the answer behind him if he can't? Well, they've got Bryson Barnes. Kid that came in and nearly won the Rose Bowl for him two years ago. Came in and started at Wazoo on an hour's notice a year ago. Who's a good, capable backup. Then they've got an elite redshirt freshman kid who's probably not quite ready to be a starter yet, but he's such an offensive weapon. His name's Nate Johnson, kid out of Fresno, who I think between the two of them, Andy Ludwig's a pretty darn good offensive coordinator, could kind of scheme something up together to use him. But you're right. And, and again, Home game with Florida, sellout crowd, elite defense, run the ball. I think Florida's not quite there yet, Toby. It's nope, still yep. rebuilding in year it's two a under, game. under Billy Napier. It's that second week game with Baylor. Because I think Baylor's going to be better this year, and it's an early morning game on the road at Waco. Um, so I, I think that if you're really asking when they've got to have him for week two. Week one, I think they can. I think they can. Yeah, they can put something together to get by Florida, but I think they've got to have him in Waco in week two. Best visiting radio booth in the Big Twelve, by the way, McLean Stadium in Waco. You're going to really. Oh it, yeah, in, well, uh, that's the newest stadium, it. isn't it? I mean, or one of the yeah. newest. I mean, it was made brand yeah. new about what seven, eight, nine years ago. They did a great job. It's, it looks kind of like a, a soccer stadium. It only seats about 40,000, but they pack it out, and they did a superb job building it. And it's our favorite visiting radio booth to call a game from. It's, it's tremendous. All right, now, really. now you've got to tell me. Worst visiting radio booth well, in the Big 12 is. I don't know if you agree with me. I hate it with a passion when the windows don't open in front oh, of me yeah. when I call a game. Oklahoma yep. State and Kansas State both are that way. You can't open the window. Now, the yard lines are fine and all that kind of stuff, but that's probably, in my opinion, the, the two that I'd rank down at the bottom. There's no TCU, you're, you're tucked down in the end zone, which stinks, but it's a really nice booth. And all the rest of them are, are just fine. Since, I haven't been to TCU since they renovated legendary Amon G. Carter Stadium. That's it's a, beautiful. I've got to go back to the Mount West days to – Last time I was at TCU, great, great uh, job they did there. It's it's beautiful. It's just they, you know how it is when you're down and it's like you're at an NFL stadium and they got you tucked way down there in the corner. So that part kind of stinks. But what's it going to be like for the Holy War to be a conference game? 
it's going to be so great. I mean, I, I just, especially Toby in this day and age where so many rivalries, and shoot, you guys are going to experience it yourself. I hear Bedlam's going away. With, with so many rivalries because of realignment being erased, I, I love it. They've still played. I mean, they've still played, you know, most years. Like, they're not playing this year because of the home-and-home home with Florida, but they've, they've played. But when a rivalry game is played and there's, there's conference implications as well as bragging rights on the line, it'll be great. And there's, there's a white-hot passion of hatred between the two schools that goes back forever. And it, it's only been enhanced now again with Utah and BYU being in the Big 12. BYU fans didn't want it because they wanted to thumb their nose at Utah. You guys, oh, you know, because Utah stuck it in their face that they got a Pac-12 invite, and BYU was in the Independence hinterlands for 12 years. But I love it. I think it's going to be great. And what's great is, instead of this game being played on the Mountain Network or on Versus, it's going to be on ESPN and Fox. And the nation, it'll be on a higher plane in a power, power four conference moving forward here. And uh, I, I think right away it's going to be one of the best couple of rivalries in the Big 12 Conference, especially with Bedlam going away. So I think it's great. I think it'll be fantastic. All right, Thursday night, August 31st, week one. We get a great Thursday night matchup from Salt Lake City, it, a, a rematch of what was a tremendous game a year ago in the Swamp. Utah and Florida, and then it's off and running after that for the Utes. Bill Riley, outstanding play-by-play voice for Utah. Bill, thanks very much, bud. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, Toby, thanks. Take care. See you, man. I like that guy a lot. He does a good job. He's a fun listen, and uh, they're excited out there in Utah about uh, the happenings of the last couple of weeks. They're headed to the Big 12. Good squad this year. It all comes down to if Cam Rising's ready for the Gators or not. And the Bears will be back.